Welcome back to the program. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy God, we thank you and praise you. We love you. We adore you. Lord, we don't take words for granted. Please let our words mean what they say and say what they mean. And Jesus, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be stirred in our hearts. Holy Spirit, stir into flame those gifts and graces that you so graciously lavished upon us in our baptism and in our confirmation. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you dwell in our hearts. May we never grieve you, and may we allow your cry of Abba, Father, ring out ever more loudly and profoundly from the depths of our being. For we long to know the Father in a whole new way, in ways that we couldn't even imagine. And Holy Spirit, we can't do that without you. And Jesus, we thank you for uh, entrusting to us the promise of the Father. We thank you for uh, truly immersing us in the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and be released within us in new ways. May we experience a new Pentecost, a fresh Pentecost, new fire, new power, uh, new mighty wind blowing through our lives. We make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so today the theme is the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit in our married life. Carrie, I'm going to begin with this story. I didn't tell you this story. It was the volleyball team that we had stay over our house from Pasco, and it was really darling, wasn't it? Yes, they're so, so sweet. Yeah, so it was the coach and about... Was it seven eight, girls. Seven? Yeah, eight total. Yeah, so eight of them total that we hosted our house Friday night into Saturday. And I happened to be chatting with the coach and talking about uh, their, you know, their faith-based school. It's a church-based school and all of this. And and she mentioned the fact that she grew up in uh, on a farm and she still does all of this type of farming. And she had brought us a gift of grape juice that from from their grapes and applesauce from their apple orchard and really very fascinating and she said farmers learn how little control they have in life how a fundamental attitude that farmers are asked to take towards the world in which they live is trust they're asked to trust that the weather is going to cooperate with them and will give them what they need to be able to grow the crops that literally is their livelihood. That's going to provide not only food for them, but uh, sustain a living for them to be able to raise a family. And she was talking a bit about some of the challenges of the weather this in this growing season. I guess it was... Like it snowed out late in the season or it was cold late. In April and May, it snowed. And so I think the blooms on the grapes. Yeah, it was certain crops, like alfalfa crop or the grape crop or, or some you know, the variety of crops. And she was saying how they, you know, they try to mitigate it by growing different crops so that, you know, if one fails, it'll be made up by the other one and all of this. But it it got me thinking about the way that we, who are more attuned to 
like technology and stuff and businesses and services that are less connected to nature, you have more control. That's so true. You know, it's easier to have control over things. And how she's, what she was saying, her point was, yeah, control is overrated. Control is not part of our life. We, 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 we learn fundamentally to be surrendered and to trust. And that got me thinking about the Holy Spirit. It actually got me thinking about original sin. (laughs) And then the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And then the Holy Spirit. Well, in the moment, it got me thinking about original sin because how I was saying that John Paul II called this an age of mistrust, that we've been separated from the, the realm of agriculture and farming to such a degree where most people made their livelihood connected somehow to farming up until like a century ago. And now farming has become more of a factory industry and so separated from most of our lives that we, we just don't have to trust so much. We're not so connected to nature. And as a result, mistrust is so deeply ingrained in us, we want control. Well, the path out of that is the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that will free us to trust in a whole new way. Why? Well, because fundamental to growing in our relationship with the Holy Spirit is yielding, yielding the first place to him, yielding what actions we take to his promptings. Is he Lord or not? And so it's not just, oh, Jesus is Lord and we have the Ten Commandments and we follow the commandments in some kind of abstract way. We see them in front of us and then we make decisions on how they apply. No, this is the living relationship with the Holy Spirit who prompts you in the moment to say, Tom, you need to go talk to your wife and you need to say, I'm sorry, forgive me. I was proud and stubborn and I need to humble myself and ask you to forgive me and please let's not hurt each other again. That's the Holy Spirit. That's a work of God. Or the Holy Spirit prompting me to talk to my boys and say, hey, we're going to begin meeting on a regular basis to talk about what it means to be a godly man. These are all things that, you know, oh, it just came to me out of nowhere. No, this is about how the Holy Spirit wants to be involved, intends to be involved, and will be involved if we make room for him. And so I'm excited to explore that with you today. Nice. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. Amen. Let's go. There's such freedom in the Holy That's Spirit. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse 17. Is that right? Excellent. Am I right? Correct. Hey, ta-da. Let's go. <laughs> I'm raising my hand. Raised. I got my hands raised. Victory lap. I didn't know that quote was coming. I was inspired. You see, there it is. Oh, that's great, Tom. No, I really do believe that when one walks with the Holy Spirit in faith, he will blow. Well, there's a scripture about how it blows, and you don't know where the wind is is blowing, and it'll take you here and there. And I don't know the rest of that verse, but it has to do with... Yeah, that's Jesus talking about the, the, the Holy Spirit in the Gospel of John. And he will teach us all things and remind us of everything that he has said to us, Jesus said to us. Um, there is a way in which there's an openness in my mind and heart when I am talking and asking the, the Lord to guide me or to lead me. That and when you say the trust. Lord, who do you mean? Do you mean I don't Jesus? know. I was just, do you mean the I'm Father or do you mean the Holy Spirit? <laughs> As I was saying that, I was thinking, no, I think Jesus. And then I invoke the Holy Spirit. 
So I go to Jesus first. When you say you invoke the Holy Spirit, you mean you call upon the Holy Spirit? And I'm not poking at you. I'm actually I, I'm You're not wordsmithing me? Yeah, I'm not. No, uh, I, well, I say it because I, I, I actually speak to the persons of God in a very personal way. Like, I, I will talk to the Holy Spirit and say to the Holy Spirit how much I love you, Holy Spirit. I think it's, uh, it's a communion of prayer. Does that sound good? Does that sound like That's some good. theological point? You used a good point? word. You used a good word. <laughs> communion of prayer. That sounds, ooh, I like that. that I really worship cool. the Father. I talk to Jesus. I invoke. I call upon. I ask for help as an advocate from the Holy Spirit. Those are specific actions I do to each of them. That's neat. Do you sense like the Holy Spirit's inside of you? Yes. And so Jesus is with you. Yes. And the Father is out there beyond you. Just say yes. Is that a, that's a that's <laughs> Trinitarian prayer? Okay, that's what I mean—the communion yeah. of prayer. I go the to all Father's three. Father's transcendent. <laughs> Jesus is with us. Okay. And the Holy Spirit is within us. Yeah, I, gosh, and I don't know if I think the Holy Spirit in me, or if He's outside of me. But I just when I need help, it's the Holy Spirit. Really? Yes, as an advocate, He's my. He goes before me. He helps me. He gives me strength. Look, with that, when I'm full of tension or anxiety or sadness or irritation or <laughs> name any adjective that your mom has to face. That's where I go to him to say patience, you kindness, know what I, power. I, I use the Father. I say, oh. God the Father, may your almighty hand of mercy. So it's two things I'm calling upon. The fact I'm acknowledging that he's all powerful. So whatever's happening where I need his protection it's his almighty hand. Are you trying to give me a better answer? No, I'm just sharing. I'm just sharing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I call upon. <laughs> no, I'm sharing it for the folks listening. It might be helpful to them. Like when I feel overwhelmed, I call upon, I, I ask that the Father's almighty hand of mercy. So mercy is favor when I don't deserve it. So no matter the circumstance, the almighty hand of mercy fall upon this circumstance, this situation, this part of my life. That's what I do. When I feel like I'm in the middle of something, I ask Jesus, because he's my good shepherd. Jesus, shepherd me through this, please. When I'm feeling, when I have feeling states, something interiorly that's overwhelming me, I ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, please, I beg you, like just wash that away and just move through me. Hmm. And, and so that's how I, I, I'm translating a bit of that idea of beyond us, with us, within us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's really neat. I don't prayer. really think I even think about this. So it just comes intuitively or something. Mm -hmm. I mean, I want to be more formed in it and I want to understand it better because I think it'll enhance our relationship with each of the part of each person of the Trinity. But I don't actually stop and think, when do I invoke one or the other? That's cool. Well, I think that's, uh, so look at that. It wasn't even on our agenda today. On our, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy it's Spirit. The Holy Spirit. You can always blame the Holy Spirit if something good happens. <laughs> blame him or honor him. Honor him. Acknowledge him. him. Acknowledge yes. him. Okay. Give him the credit. Yeah, you blame the devil when something bad happens. Nice. You honor and worship the Trinity. Um, so yeah, I think it's good to think about how the Holy Spirit leads us through the day or how we're surrendered to his power, his not his power, just his call or his um, direction, because there are some times when my day has a certain agenda and then it gets thrown out or I call upon him. Am I supposed to call this person? Am I supposed to reach out to this gal? Am I supposed to um, do this service? I, a lot of times I want to 
get the right path because I have so many options. So sometimes it's discernment of, you know, just I'm limited. But other times I do sense the Holy Spirit saying, I need you to, like, really gives me the strength and the guidance. But I don't think that's typical. I think that is a, a, a part of spirituality that I need to nurture more is that less control of what Carrie wants to do more control of what the Holy Spirit's calling me to do. Why are you laughing? I'm smiling. <laughs> That's actually so beautiful. The less so of funny. what Carrie wants to do and more of what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Don't how we can, always fight how our How can I not smile at that? That controls. is just like so awesome, right? <laughs> trust, dear. Trust, right? Let go. Trust. It. We got to move on a farm. We got we to get a farm. <laughs> I think that would help. Absolutely so, yeah. not. You know my issues with our yard. Okay. Moving on. Moving Agony on. Agony in the garden. Every day. All day. I love that. I've never heard you say that. You never referenced this. the yard as uh, your agony in the garden? Yes. An it's hour. It's actually very clever. Okay. I have said this before. You have? Now, now you're sounding like listening. me. I'm <laughs> no. That, I'm proving that I wasn't listening. All right. All right. Let's talk about the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to move you along. Yeah. Uh, last point I'll say about what you just said there is that um, you should expect folks, if you're going to grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit, that it will become the relationship, not he, the Spirit. It will become more subtle. There'll be more a sense of delicate. In other words, the gentle breeze that Elijah caused Elijah to fall down and worship, right? It wasn't the, the mighty earthquake and the fire and the storm. It was the gentle, the still small voice, the gentle breeze that had Elijah just fall to the ground because he sensed God. And it will be those senses of gentle promptings that will happen within you, that as you begin to act on promptings, that you'll sense, this was the Lord. No, no, this was me. No, 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 this was the devil. You'll begin to get better sensitivity to the promptings that are the Holy Spirit. This isn't a talk on discernment, but that's one of the things that will grow in you is a subtlety, the subtle, delicate sensitivity to the Holy Spirit prompting you. And that only happens when we then take action on it, right? We have to act on those promptings and then we'll learn and be trained and formed, but we'll also see the the intimacy that the Holy Spirit wants to have with our daily lives. If we're willing to really take those actions and, and, and grow in that relationship, that, that intimacy with the Holy Spirit. So, all right, Carrie, um, I've got so many stories to, to dive into, but we're up against a break. When we come back, we'll dig into the first of the, the major themes of today's program on the Holy Spirit in your married life. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a, a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Okay, back to Sound Insight. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. I'm with my wife, Carrie. It's great to be with you on this Faith and Family. Carrie, I love doing these programs more than, more than all the others. 
<laughs> I was prompted by the Holy Spirit to say that. Come on. Can you not keep referring oh, this to is good. telling can, you everything? I can use that. I, I like that. So in this in this particular section, we want to focus a bit on the Holy Spirit in your life of prayer. So Carrie, you and I responded to our own discernment that the Holy Spirit was stirring in us the call to gather together with other folks and to start this prayer meeting. So uh, yeah. Have... I And I don't feel like we were seeking it out. I feel like it was not an option. Like, this is what I'm doing. Get in line. Come on, guys. What are you waiting for? Well, and do you know what <laughs> that was sounds so... terrible? I, that sounds so terrible, but I just feel like there's a predestination or a a call that I'm just blindly following or being dragged along sometimes. I mean, I have moments of grace and strength and excitement, but a lot of times I might be grumbling and complaining. It doesn't specifically mean complaining. I'm just fighting my flesh. Or there was a couple of days where I was fighting the enemy and our own marriage. And um, there was this just sense that the Lord is over all of this. And we are being called into something that I don't feel like we really know the bigness of it or the, the goodness of it or the power of it. I think that so many Catholics are hungry for deeper encounters with the living God, for going deeper into faith. And if you're going to really go deeper into faith, one component of going deeper into faith is going deeper into prayer. Because prayer is that through which we grow in our union with God. And Catholics really don't get lots of formation or opportunities to experience that. And so I'm just going to invite you, you come on out. If you are in the Spokane Coeur d'Alene area and on Monday nights, 6.30 to 8.30, we would love to have you come on out to St. Mary's, St. Mary's in Spokane Valley. We had our first of these uh, six sessions in this fall series on going deeper into prayer. And we covered the theme of praise or praise and worship as one of the beautiful uh, facets of our tradition, the scriptures and our tradition of prayer that too few Catholics have accessed and in not accessing part of the treasury of the church that the Lord has given to us, we settle for less. We don't come into the, the depth of the riches of our relationship with the Lord. And so on, uh, on Monday, there were about 40 of us that gathered and had a half an hour of songs of prayer and praise, and then a teaching that I gave, and uh, then a time of fellowship. It's so interesting is and neat that a couple of the different podcasts I listen to are all on worship, different uh, preachers, priests, and then your talk on worship. It is really cool to see this theme kind of rising up in the Christian realm. And I'm not sure if it's just coincidence or if the Lord's speaking similarly. Uh, can, can you just say it's the Holy yes, Spirit? Yes, the Holy Spirit is <laughs> doing it all. <laughs> but um, that has been on my heart so much lately is just worshiping, releasing, praising, uh, unbinding me, setting me free, allowing me to get out of my own self and be lifted up and out of some of the difficulties that I just face within and out outwardly. Um, and so your talk was so powerful and just, it was really rooted in a lot of scripture, but also just facts or truth about what the church teaches about worship and uh, just encouraged 
so many of us. I was just so grateful for that, Tom. Yeah, I. It's it's one of those themes that you either it's kind of like fasting. You only get it by experiencing it, and if you just look at it from the outside, it's easy to look at it and say it's just weird. It doesn't make sense. I don't know. It's not for me. And and all of those things are for me just sadnesses because it, it those are just obstacles getting in the way of coming into our richer, more uh, profound and abundant relationship with the Lord and the activity of the Spirit within us. Yeah. Like, I just think about just here's one simple point in the teaching that I just think is so helpful. Lots of people that are listening to me right now are a bit overwhelmed by life, a bit wounded and they're feeling it or traumatized and they're feeling it and it holds them back. It's holding you back, dear brothers and sisters, from approaching God with a sense of freedom. You carry burdens, wounds, and an emotional distress. And praise is a path to being freed in prayer from carrying those burdens with you. Praise is a way of praying that puts our eyes on the Lord. And in putting our eyes on the Lord, the Lord comes to us and washes away, washes away, washes away those burdens, those wounds, those those places of distress that are in our heart. I say that to you as I have known and experienced this for decades. I'm talking about private, personal prayer time, turning to God in acts of praise, praising Him with an interior and even sometimes exterior full voice, sometimes with song, sometimes just spoken, and it just sheds the burdens. I'm looking up a song right now. I remember when we were struggling with one of our daughters in the Seattle area. Um, we would go to a church to worship, and it was a chance just to release her, the burdens, life situation, the finances, the living situation, the marriage, <laughs> just relationships. It was this time of just total surrender. And I love going to churches where you can sing as loud as you want and everyone around you can't hear you because the drums are so loud. Well, actually, I don't really like loud drums, but where the music is loud enough, the singing is so amazing. You just get caught up in it. And it just feels like I leave the worries of the world in my, my life behind. And I just look up to the Father and His heaven just seems so possible and close and near and the struggles of earth just seems to fade away. I don't know how to explain it, but it's something that I yearn for, I long for, I made for, I need it. Like like one needs water, I need worship, I need to just be lost in God. And it's not lost like I don't know my way, no lost like I totally surrender everything, Lord. You are my all and everything, and to you I give all glory and honor, even in the difficulties, even in the trials, even in the struggles just bringing all of that to him. And it's such a freedom and, and a, it fills one with hope and, and um, peace and joy. It's interesting though, when I leave the space of worship, I don't always carry all of that strength with me. It's like this, it's like this crossover from earth to heaven or this thinning. But when I get out in the car, I have to keep like praising 
or playing music on my account, on um, the Spotify account, just to keep it going. And Or if I leave the house and I'm off to some event or some errand and I put on worship, it can just set everything right. And then I'm not worshiping and I feel like I'm stuck up in my head with all the to-do lists or whatever. I don't know. It's just a different, it's like a shift in an atmosphere, a shift in countenance, a shift in an awareness awareness of, of what's important, of where heaven is. And it just brings me out of the flesh or out of this world into a supernatural space. Well, it's the glory of God, right? It's the presence of God. God inhabits the praises of his people. And so when we praise, it's as if the Lord is drawing us into his presence and his presence is being drawn into our lives. And when you say, I go from, like I talked about individual praise, you talked about corporate praise, and then when you left corporate praise, you sometimes continued with individual praise. Well, the reason is, is that you wanted to continue to uh, invoke, to call upon the inhabitation of your life, of that moment of your life with his presence, which would, again, crowd out, wash away, diminish the impact of the trials and burdens. Now, we don't always have those kind of trials and burdens where we're feeling it so deeply in, let's call it a traumatizing kind of way. Well, I think that particular time was traumatizing, but more lately, it's just more gratitude and gratefulness and hungering for heaven, hungering for holiness, hungering to be great for God. Yeah, it's a form of practicing the presence of God. Okay. Now, what I want to say is this, is that as you were sharing what you were sharing about corporate praise and singing with full voice out loud and just giving yourself over with that sense of abandonment, I give myself over to the praise of God. My eyes are not on myself, they're on God. Some people will listen to that and they'll say, oh, that's just a spirituality and it's not mine. And I say, that's really sad. That's really sad because we're missing out on, on earth as it is in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. Read the book of Revelation, chapters 4 and 5, and you know what you'll see? Full voice, total given over to the worship of God. It's interesting that we can so easily worship or shout out or get excited about when our... I think, where were we recently where I was just screaming our heads off for some sporting event? I think I it was know, like it a happened. basketball game last year. I, but I just remember how crazy we all were being. And... um or I was watching this uh, series on Prime and it's Friday Night Lights. You know that the whole series? It's all about football, Texas football. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it was done like eight years ago. And for some reason, I decided to watch some of the episodes. But the whole town is just consumed with this football team and winning. And it, it seems so odd that we are not that consumed with our creator who well, created all things. You're right. Created like, us. And well, we're like, yeah, I'll give you an hour. But that's it. Well, pretty much everybody that would say, I don't feel comfortable, it's not my spirituality. I The idea of crying out to God at full voice, which is all through the Psalms, it's in the New Testament, it's in our tradition, and it's, uh, uh, it is somehow not connected to my life, but hey, the Seahawks are doing well, or my kid's team is doing well, I'm, I'm all in. You know, I it's don't... natural, it's expected, it's, it's fitting, it's appropriate, and I have no problem with it. There's nowhere to do that, really, in our Catholic church. You don't just go to a it's prayer meeting rare, right. and find amazing worship, because I have to go to other churches to worship, where they have great music, great singing, great everything, and you can get Very, lost in on, it. Monday nights. <laughs> Monday night. We're working on it, Mary's. we're getting there. Yeah. 
But no, there really is no place to bring someone and say, hey, let's just all out sing, worship, praise, enter in. It it doesn't happen. And so it's really sad, actually. It's really, very sad because, I, like I said, I long for it. It is my the, the what I breathe in. It's just this breath that I give back to God. Oh, it's just so good. Anyhow. It's scripture. It's tradition. Well, and the funny thing is, is that priests who would hesitate to say, how do we foster this in our parishes, are very complimentary and excited about going to Steubenville Northwest, and they see all of their high school kids singing with full voice to God because there's a very talented music ministry that's drawing them in. And and so it's there. There are elements there, but you're right. The idea of having a, a mass, which is the perfect form of praise and worship theologically, and, and in terms of the, uh, the communication of God's grace and, and touching heavenly worship. But boy, it would be great if it looked a little bit more like heavenly worship <laughs> as it's taught, as it's expressed in the book of Revelation. Is that tradsmatic? Tradsmatic. That's coming. It's reverence and praise. Reverence and it's praise. Both right? of them. Those, how do you link both of those together? If you want an amazing worship song as you're driving or at home, it's called The Goodness of God by Jen Johnson, Bethel Music. I've just been addicted. Let's say it three times. Right? <laughs> I've been addicted to this song for about a month, I think. And I run to it, and I, I think every day I listen to it three times. You think eventually you get tired of these songs, right? But it has such incredibly powerful lyrics about just God's running after us, we're surrendering to Him, that He's with us in the hard times, that... Um, he's close like no other, that he's known us as a father. I've known you as a friend. It's just the goodness of God that he's with us. And you just, when I sing it, or when I, because I sing it in the car, um, I just sense this, God is so good. And I feel like often I will surrender his goodness for the temptation. Do you know what's so funny? I, I've never, I don't think I've ever said this out loud to you about how we fostered prayer in our kids. Um, I was just thinking of the Psalms of Ascent. So the Psalms of Ascent are the Psalms of Praise that the the Psalms of Praise that the um, people of God would sing on their way to the temple. And and the idea is that okay, you're headed to the temple, sing songs of praise so that you'll be in the right spirit when you get to the temple. You'll recognize God's presence. It's clearing away the blockages, the thoughts of the day, the the way of the that. day, right? Yes. We would, when we'd go to adoration, what would we do on the, on the way there? Pray a rosary. Pray a rosary. And so we feel very comfortable having our kids pray that devotional prayer of the rosary. And yet, I don't know if we've ever had, we certainly have not had the same degree of attention to, or barely any attention to, saying, all right, kids, we're going to sing songs of praise together. No, I think, well, I play... I play praise and worship music on Sunday when we go to church in the car. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And you, so I will yeah. try to just stop all conversation or but I don't think we've ever said, our right, kids, we're all going to sing this song. I think we have a lot of we got a lot work, of work to, do. to do still with some of our kids. I, it's a total surrender of trust. And then it's also, okay, Lord, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do to bring this power? Well, you know, what's funny is that we've got... Uh, so three of our four daughters that are out of the house right now that are uh, uh, 
that are still very vibrant in their faith, they're all involved in praise and worship. Praise and worship. And praying with Isn't and praying that over. Funny? Yes. That is really cool. So God, like that's God's God. grace. That's God rescue. That's God's God rescue of our redeeming and advancing <laughs> and building off of. All right, that's awesome. All right, we're up against a break. Back in a minute. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. So, Carrie, we're, let's talk about the Holy Spirit in parenting because we just ended with a point that mentioned that we have these four daughters, our four oldest, are out of the house. It's kind of a weird thing to think that they're never going to be under our roof in the same way again, right? Now they come back from school or whatever. But three of them have been blessed with a discovery and in a, in a going deeper into the reality of praise and worship. And I think part of that we can take credit for, meaning that our oldest daughter went off to um, mission work, and our fourth daughter is doing the same thing again. And I they're encountering. take any credit for that. Really? No. We, you... su we supported it. We promoted it. We helped advance it <laughs> financially. Your tone just changed. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm getting triggered. Maybe we should talk about marriage and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, she came to us and we were kind of surprised that she wanted to do this. We're like, wait, aren't you going to college? And she said, no, I found this. So it was really God guiding her. And we just stood. That was step one. That was the door opening. And I, we could have said no. We could have said, no, we're not going to support it and, and promote it. I dug into it. I did all the work. I did so much Are of the you, heavy lifting. You, your tone I'm is still, wounded. still. The Holy Spirit, fighting. the Holy Spirit is, Okay. Uh, how about our how about our third daughter at franciscan oh, do we get any credit for that uh i i'm hesitant because it's all gift it's all gift but it's gift also in following promptings so yes you get credit for moving us here because she did want to go to wazoo and party that was her whole goal when we lived in normandy park i just want to go to wazoo and it's gonna be so fun partying i was like oh my goodness you're kidding i mean thinking in my mind and my heart this cannot be our junior or freshman no she was a freshman no she was a um she was a sophomore a freshman sophomore and yeah anyhow so now she's at franciscan saying i just went to confession it was awesome it was so holy i just love the lord i love these priests Carrie, she sent me a text this morning saying dad what novena should i be praying nice. I want to overcome a sense of envy and jealousy, and I want to grow closer to Jesus. That's so cool. I mean, how does that happen? Okay, so that is God's grace. I mean, we you did... Uh, okay, let's move on. I don't want well, people to feel like it's it, out of their control or in their control. It is God, and seeking after Him, He makes these things happen. Okay, so we're talking about the Holy Spirit, and, and the theme is yielding... <laughs> And being docile. Oh, you're so right. That the Holy Spirit wants to move with power. And so he prompts us. If, if we're saying, I yield to you, Holy Spirit, like one of the most important ways that I pray in my relationship with the Holy Spirit is I say yes in advance to what you'll ask. Yes, you do. And I have a hard time with some of those prayers. And that's a very hard one. But that's. Oh, Holy, come, Holy Spirit, Lord, soul of my soul. Enlighten me, guide me, strengthen me, console me, tell me what I should do. Give, Give me, me your orders. orders. I, I promise, promise to submit myself to, to whatever all I that you ask of me. That, I just feel so like, Holy Spirit, please conquer me. Yeah. All that resist you, conquer me. What about uh, your boys? Did you feel prompted by the Holy Spirit? Well, we, we have this commitment to the rosary, which we mentioned, and to the, to the Lord, to the Blessed Mother. And we use the rosary as a way of expressing that. And, 
And uh, John Mark turned 17 on Monday. And on Sunday night, he said something that was very moving. He, after we prayed our rosary uh, that night, he said to me, Dad, I, I prayed a rosary every day when I was 16 years old. And I, my jaw dropped, my mouth opened, and I said, that's right, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that is not what I, I was like, I was I blown this. away. I did this. It's my I, parenting. That's right. This was me. <laughs> that's no, why I say it's all gift. It's, it's all gift. And yielding. <laughs> okay, the Catechism in the Catholic Church says, <laughs> on the battle of prayer, that prayer is both a gift and requires a determined effort. That's It's both. So it's all gift, and it requires a determined effort. And so John Mark beautifully showed us, he gave us a testimony of it's a gift, but he was willing to put in a determined effort That's because right. he didn't do that because we faithfully imposed on him the obligation of praying a daily rosary. What's so great about John Mark's commitment is he drags us into it. So when we were in Yellowstone or when we were in Wallace, the ski trip, or when we went on mission weekend, Mom, do you want to go pray a rosary? Mom, can we take a can walk? Can we take a walk and pray a rosary? So all those different events that we that I went with him on, I have these really actually beautiful memories of walking the streets of Wallace in the snow, praying a rosary, or walking in Yellowstone, praying a rosary, or walking, you know, through the the campgrounds with him every night and all his friends knew oh john mark's praying his rosary because they several of them aren't catholic so it's kind of cute um but whether convenient inconvenient easy difficult just say no to wanting to hang out with everyone i'm gonna go take 20 minutes right but he added on to this rosary I, i thought it was a rosary and then there's like five other things he's doing and it's like okay this is like 25 minutes later okay so Let's continue. So then something else happened on, uh, it was like a night or two later. I was talking with um, one of his had, dear friend's dads. And you had a speaker on, you mentioned some speaker or some guest you had on the radio. Yeah. So I contacted, so this was a, a fellow uh, dad at the Oaks. Uh, his son hangs around with John Mark and a lot of kids match up with our kids and and he did this ritual where he took his kid all the way to Alaska to do the boys to men ritual. And write a passage. It's a write a, it's a write a passage that is like raising a modern day knight is the name of the book. Oh, raising a okay. modern day knight. And I had just interviewed this milestone to manhood son. Milestone to manhood. <laughs> Average to awesome. Good to great. Okay, sorry, go ahead. You're just mediocre to magnificent. This, so this is this was a Catholic version of that, okay. where the dad did this for his son and like one of his brothers or two of his brothers, and they're now promoting this as a kind of a Catholic form of helping a boy become a man. Did you like his book? Uh, yeah, the, the which one? I don't know which so one. The Milestone of Manhood was good. It focused. Like, it was a very very deep focus on the pragmatic aspects of doing this. Like okay. there was some on the why. There wasn't a lot of background on what does it mean to be a man? Okay. What's the theology, the philosophy, the spirituality of being a man? And then how do you translate that? So this other book, uh, when I mentioned this to, to, to Craig, the fellow down the street, he said, oh, I'll bring you the book. So they came up on some night this week. Oh, that's right. Right. So you they came shared up. your tequila. Yeah. That Chris gave you. <laughs> yep. 
and uh, and so it was it was a so he gave me the book and I and the next day I started reading it. I'm like, this book's really good. You like his book better? Oh yeah, it it's, was was much richer around the the, the theology and philosophy. Like, what does it mean to be a man and how do you do it? So name that. Say that book again, Tom. It's called Raising a Modern Day Knight. Okay. And In case it, people want to focus on the family. Um, okay. So it's not Catholic, it's Christian. And it's a little, like, it's a little hokey when you're saying you're going to match everything against the exact way that a knight was raised oh, in the yeah. Middle Ages. Oh, yeah, I could tell it'd be hokey. And let's try to, like, apply it to here. Yeah. But what he talked about was the invisible dad. He talked about the impact of a father. And he talked about the challenges of the culture that want men to be passive. Wasn't that what somehow it came up in the the create the garden where Adam was passive and Eve got in trouble and Adam just stood right. around. A- and Adam did was not protecting Eve. Like where was Adam when Eve was facing down the devil? Like why didn't he was watching the he was watching Thursday Netflix. night football. He was watching, <laughs> he was watching football. <laughs> Yeah, or he was doing his own project out in his man cave, right? Doing something, but he wasn't protecting his wife. So, yeah, I know, you know, that's a very common theme that you'll hear in men's conferences and stuff like that, the whole Adam and Eve story. Did but that make you change your way of relating to your boys, or did it? It was the Holy Spirit using, like, I say to you, how is the Holy Spirit going to speak to you and prompt you to take different kinds of actions as a parent? And I say, be open to what shows up. I read, or I listened to Meg Meeker's podcast, Dr. Meg Meeker, because I <laughs> called my sister and said, hey, I need some help with some some issues with my kids. And I listened to three of her podcasts, excellent, quick, easy. But I felt like that was a prompting by the Holy Spirit because of our conversation where I challenged you as a father, you challenged me as a, a mother. And that's where- I think I challenged you more as a wife than as a mother. No, you no, challenged, challenged me as, you as a mother. You challenged sure. me as a mother. <laughs> Do you want to go into Do that? Too? We'll, we'll get there. We'll get to We're going to have some more elevate, elevated uh, arguments here. Um, anyhow, so that's how I felt God calling me. Yeah, but you so felt... I saw that and I took action. So I said to the boys, I said, I only have two more years before John Mark leaves the house and three more years before John Luke leaves the house in the sense that the, the four others have, have gone. And, I, and so I met with them last night and I said, hey guys, um, we're going to start doing this. We're going to start meeting regularly, and I'm going to bring you more fully in on my life as a man, as a man of God, as a husband and a father. And in sharing it, I'm going to also be forming and shaping you to be men of God. And I want this to be a gift. You should do it have together. as a radio show, and just therefore I won't have to... Thursdays with the boys. <laughs> Thursdays with the boys. Let's go. Have them Another talk. podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it'd be helpful because it is such a hard, awkward, how do you do this? There's no manual. I mean, yeah, it's hard. There's practically nothing out there. that What I did last night, there was nothing that has given me the guidance to do that. Did it's you? just my own experience and reading a little bit. So And it has to be so personal because you have to be comfortable with what you're talking about. It has to be authentic. It has to be from your lived life. Well, and I had to be okay with it being awkward and foreign and feeling like I'm going to stumble forth. I don't have the manual. I'm going to let all those things be okay. And I'm still going to push forward because it's that important. Nice. So that's great, Tom. We're at a a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit in marriage. I can't wait. (laughs) 
Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. It is great to be with you. So here we are. We are talking about uh, the Holy Spirit. We've talked about the Holy Spirit in our own individual lives of prayer, focusing on the gift of praise, talked about Holy Spirit in parenting, just even little bits, and now focused on the Holy Spirit and marriage. So, Carrie, you've got a whole couple pages in your notebook full of stuff. Where do you oh, want to go? these are just for my own reflections. Nice. Uh, I have to write things down because I cannot remember things. And I love that the Holy Spirit says, uh, where is the scripture? Um, he will remind you of everything I have said to you, the Holy Spirit. Um, I love that because there are so many times where I can't remember a beautiful breakthrough insight in my heart and mind. And I really do have to invoke the Holy Spirit to help me. And I also love the scripture where it says, but you, um, let's see, this is a good one. I'm looking, this is why I have to do notes because I don't remember where everything is. Um, he says, if you then though, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Exclamation point. Um, in marriage, Tom, I think the best use, if you use the Holy Spirit, the best help, the helpmate, he's a helper, is when we have our own difficulties and trials in our relationship and I love that we've had some counseling or we read books or we listen to, you know, get insight from other couples or maybe a podcast. But sometimes there's just a way in which I feel so tripped up or I'm stuck. And I really feel this desperate sense of I, I can't find a way out or I don't know how to move forward or I don't see the the way in which um, there's, there's a light here. You know, at times we're just burdened by by the relationship it's not that you're a burden and it really seems odd to even be saying this but i just know there are seasons sometimes they last a week sometimes a month sometimes it could be several months where i feel stuck and i really need the holy spirit his insight his power his breakthrough to come and guide me and aid me and it's not that i haven't gone to you know read a book or you know go online or look stuff up i can do that too but sometimes the intimacy of the issue, it's, it's my own heart struggles, it's my own um, limits, where he needs to speak a convicting, powerful word to shake me out of my limit and my limitations as a human. Yeah, so you said a lot there. <laughs> I know. Is that, I don't know, do, you, do I even no, tell you this? I think, I think that, I don't know. Well, when I think of stuck, think of someone that's stuck on the side of the road, you know, their tires in a, in a, in a, you know, spinning, they're spinning their wheel and they're not getting anywhere and there's no way out. 
right? That's that sense of stuck. And if I say that stuck, no way out, that is incredibly frustrating and scary. And uh, people like to avoid that. Like, I, I, I don't want to be stuck. And when people get to that emotional state, or if we get into that sense of, I feel stuck, that's that's the I think that's for me one of the hardest things to to experience well, in a you relationship. Know, last night I was sharing with you about a a couple that's struggling, and you had said to me, "What you pay attention to grows stronger." Sometimes it can just be I'm frustrated with this area, but as I hyper focus on it, in the issue that our marriage might have, or <clears throat> sorry, I might have with you, it can grow stronger. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If that's St. Augustine, right? So that what you contemplate is you're going to become. So if you contemplate or you put your attention on an area of brokenness, an area that's not perfect in your spouse or in your children or in your children or in yourself, or in yourself, <laughs> you keep going. if you make that the point of focus, then that's going to color and shape and mold your entire outlook on life. And this is where I really feel like I need to ask and call upon the Holy Spirit as an advocate, as a helper, as one who brings... Do you know what the Holy Spirit's proper name is in God, uh, according to St. Thomas Aquinas? Firebender. No, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, like Jesus' proper name in God is Son or Word. Okay. Right? The Son of God, the Word of God. Right? The Father is the Creator. Oh, okay. Okay, so what, what about the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit's name in God Can is... Can you give me the first letter? G. Gift. Gift. Oh, I was going to say Ta-da. The Holy Spirit is the gift of God. He's gift in God. Really? I'd he... never heard that before. Really? Are you serious? I'm You've serious. You've been around with me Helper, comforter, advocate, wind, I don't know, sponge, fire. If I don't go, I, the gift won't come. I won't be able to give you the gift the... of the Holy Spirit. The So the Holy Spirit is the gift of God. Given to us. Okay. He's gift in God. He's the gift of the Father to the Son and the Son to the Father. This mutual the mutuality of the, the self-giving of each is the Holy Spirit. And then um, the Holy Spirit is the giver of gifts. So what will the Holy Spirit help elevate in married life? The focus on the gift rather than on the gap, rather than what's lacking. You'll focus on what's there. Does that make sense? I'm just taking it in. Just... So I guess what I'm saying is anyone who struggles to see the gift in another <laughs> is not moving in the Holy Spirit. Sorry, folks. That was a little inside <laughs> joke that I just brought outside. And but but to really talk about this in terms of the 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 positive, beautiful meaning is that Carrie. Guess what? When God brought us together to be married, and the two shall become one, there's a gift that we are supposed to bring into the world through our mission. How many times have you said to me? What's our mission? What's my mission? What are we supposed to be doing as a couple or as a family to fulfill the purpose for which God brought us together? I, that's a beautiful perspective. I think that at this age, I've, I've gotten a little bit worn out with, let's go on a trip. Let's go on a vacation. Let's, you know, how many times can you go to Disneyland? <laughs> it's like, okay, when I want to have our kids not just be happy, I want them to be good, holy, loving Carrie, you've, you've advanced. I've advanced. You've advanced I'm not, I don't need to entertain them anymore. The up and to the left, 
to meaning. Right? It's, <laughs> so the it's, purpose of us being here as a family. Yeah, it, it's that shift. It's the shift from success to significance. The shift from no, it is. <laughs> well, and I it's I, from money to meaning. I, I you're going to keep going. I think uh, I would find because those things fade away. You have memories from them, but real meaning and transformation doesn't happen. It's like mission, Holy Spirit. What kind of trip do we take to help those in need? Do we go to Guatemala or do we go to, you know, somewhere here in Washington State and actually serve and be with those that are in need? So I, it's, it's a challenge that couple, I'm going to just share it out loud. Couples, put your marriage into the hands of the Lord and say, Holy Spirit, inspire us Yes, and get ready because the Holy Spirit might inspire you to open your home to take in an orphan. Or to take in, you know, I mean, it, there's a big things that are desperate needs in the world that we just hide ourselves from. We just distract ourselves. And, and we get just busy with our little our little mud pies. Or in we're CS just Lewis. in sin or we have fear, like afraid. Like I'm afraid. I don't want to ask the Holy right. Spirit because I know he's going to ask big things that are going to be hard and I'm not willing to surrender. Yeah, you think of surrender. Free Burma Rangers family, yes. right? If you want to talk about big or Mully the movie, that family, it's... They go in so big, and what they're doing, you just get so blown away. It makes you feel like, well, we can safely remain at a distance from all of that. Well, no, we don't have to. And and I don't think that we're going to get to. I, I don't want to be too traumatic, but traumatic, too dramatic, but it does really feel like being a Catholic is going to require a degree of visibility, public stance, that will lead to a kind of persecution um, or a diminishment of opportunity that is is coming. It's already here in some ways, but it's going to come more fully. So we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We better be looking to our relationship with the Holy Spirit and His power and His gifting in our married life if we are going to help our kids navigate challenging waters, raise them up to be um, saints fulfilling their God-given mission. Now, I know that's something that I say quite a bit. And in, in, in hearing this, you might, listeners might say, well, what does that actually have to do with me today? What does that have to do with me right now? I say, start with what is nearest to you. The scriptures say this in St. Paul. St. Thomas Aquinas says this, that the first persons who are to receive our attention, our care, and our charity the, the, the self-sacrificing love are those that God has put in our lives. And so begin to intercede for your kids. Begin to fast and pray for miracles, for breakthroughs in your family's life, in your spouse's life. Amen. And watch what happens. Watch what God does. I think you'll be shocked and blessed. All right, Carrie, that was it. We Yay. Did it. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God bless you all. Join me on Monday for another program.